and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. If you have read my book, Design Your Dream Life, or maybe the two journals, Dream Life Daily Journal or Dream Life Every Day, or maybe been to an event, Dream Space, or the online e-course, then you know that all of my content is absolutely relatable to teens. In fact, after events, I have moms come up to me and they say, oh my gosh, do you do events for teens? I really would love my teenager to learn these skills. They say, in fact, I wish I had learned these skills much earlier in my life. And so I am so excited to announce that I have created a new teen journal. It is called Dream Life Teen Journal, a 30-day guide to escaping the drama and chasing your best life. As a teen, you can imagine that it's hard to chase dreams when we are carrying around the weight of others' expectations and the calendar is filled with homework, work, and chores. In the Dream Life Teen Journal, you'll find a series of daily prayers, reflections, and journaling prompts that will help your teen get a clear picture of their biggest dreams and take steps to make them a reality. Feel confident about themselves in any situation, build healthy and strong relationships, and learn how to avoid toxic ones, and set goals that will start a domino effect of success in their life. And last but certainly not least, your teen will gain the inner strength to become all that God is calling them to be. Check out dreamlifeteen.com to get your copy of Dream Life Teen Journal today. That's dreamlifeteen.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. All right, you guys. Our next guest is somebody who spent her life checking all of the boxes. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? She earned a master's of business administration degree. She led a digital marketing team for a Fortune 500 company and developed brand strategies for some of the world's largest brands, meaning she experienced success, quote unquote, success that maybe most people from the outside would say, you have made it. But years of focusing on external success rather than tending to internal wellness resulted in a profound awakening experience. By going inward and reconnecting with her own authentic truth, she was able to navigate a new pathway forward, and she now deeply enjoys sharing these tools and lessons learned to help women move forward with greater authenticity and freedom with their own personal brands and business. I love that. We can do both. We can uh, love who we are and create products that impact the world and truly allow us to shine even brighter. But often, almost maybe always, I guess we could even be daring to say, it starts by going inward first. So big dream cast. Welcome to Emily Harris. Yay. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you. 
Well, I am so excited and grateful to have you here as well, because you are the founder of Soul Media, which is a digital and marketing company that helps women entrepreneurs and conscious companies make a global impact, and the founder of Soul Women's Collective, which is a global network, which to me tells me that you are helping women all around the world tap in and and grow internally so they truly can create a business that thrives and impacts the world in a positive way. But you also did quote unquote, successful, worldly, you know, hardworking, all the things beforehand. So let's talk a bit about what you were doing before you created these products and services for people. I guess my journey kind of begins, I'll start with like the climax, which is the dark night of the soul, which you kind of alluded to. And then I kind of work my way back. And I think it begins in childhood. And, you know, I experienced sort of a traumatic childhood, which, you know, many of us do and we define trauma in our own ways. And, you know, the definition of trauma is just intensity, frequency, and duration. And from that experience, that you know, ingrained a belief into me of not being good enough. And my father is an immigrant from Calcutta, India. And he came here and like literally achieved the American dream. My mom, you know, went to Harvard, she was valedictorian. And so that mantra or that mindset of external validation and checking all the boxes was ingrained in me at an early age. And that's kind of how I said that was getting my MBA. I worked for one of the largest media companies in the world. I worked for a multi-billion dollar international company and really was focused on working my way up the corporate ladder. That was my goal. It was on my vision board. You know, I wanted to be the youngest director of my company. And I got that promotion even earlier than I had anticipated. And I remember, you know, sitting in my boss's office at the time and just feeling elated, you know, at the news. And then a day or so later, I was like, Oh my gosh, this means that I'm going to have to work even harder and, you know, sleep even less. And I had already been working around the clock. You know, I didn't have any time for friends or water cooler conversations, um, you know, because I was really focused on, on the work. But from my own experience, the more that I focused on external success, the less I felt like I was truly shining. And in my experience, that has been my own personal journey and helping others to shine, which I believe what that's what, what marketing is, is you're really shining a bit about yourself and in an authentic way and you're bringing that forward. And so, you know, I had the experience, which I'm so grateful for, of working for a large company on that level, working with some of the biggest brands in the world and understanding that it really does come down to telling your story in an authentic and meaningful way. Well, congratulations for all of it, because it's one thing to experience such success at a young age. And then it's another thing to realize it's not who you are and it doesn't define you. So when did you say, all right, this path is not for me. I'm ready to do something different because that's not always an easy pivot. No, it's not at all. You know, you have the the safety net and I totally get it because I speak with people all the time that are like, I would just love to do something more courageous or brave, but I, you know, I have this 
large salary and the benefits and the safety net. And I totally understand that because it's, it is difficult to let that go. I alluded to the dark night of the soul and that came soon after I got a promotion. And it was this feeling of everything that I thought I had wanted wasn't making me truly happy. My health was falling apart. My relationships were were falling apart. And I really had to take a look around and reevaluate everything at my life. And there had been moments kind of leading up to this. I feel like the universe kind of awakens us in various ways, you know, whether it's through relationships or health or a dark night of the soul moment. And I kind of had all of those things, right? And so I always knew that I wanted to start my own business, but I, I was too scared of necessarily taking that leap. And in that moment, I realized that I needed to navigate a new path forward. And so it took about, I, I would say, say six months before I was fully ready to leave corporate America. But in that time, I really went on a journey of discovering myself and finding resources, finding tools, finding a spiritual practice. And I had to really dig deep and look in pockets and kind of like find different teachers and go on this off the beaten path. And that inspired my desire to found one of my companies, Soul Women's Collective, which is really about connecting women with each other and connecting them with tools, resources, uh, virtual and in-person events to help them with the spiritual growth process and journey that we're all on. That's beautiful. What did your parents think when you started to make this pivot? Because you know, you had this belief, right, that this plus this plus this equals success. And I'm sure they shared some of those beliefs, working very hard to accomplish things themselves. So when you started to say, all right, this isn't the way I want my life to be anymore, how did they respond? Mm, That's a good question. You know, I think for the most part, they've always been supportive of my journey. Definitely, our relationship has deepened over the years. And that's something that I've learned throughout my own path is just coming back to relationships, you know, and really saying what wasn't working with relationships that I want to change. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to focus on was deepening that relationship and healing it with my parents. Um, And so we've been on this journey together. And I think that, you know, the more that they kind of see me come into my own and shine my own light, it's been a, you know, gradual process, but the more that they have really been supportive and excited about the journey that I'm on. I love that. You said a a couple of beautiful things that I really want to expand on. You said healed relationships. And I think that in this fast paced world, although we are all being given the great pause right now and our our normal schedule and routine is different. And so it's a good time essentially to have those conversations with ourselves, to ask those questions and to and to pause. But it, but in normal life, it's very easy to skate over maybe a frustration or this, those irritations that come up or relationship struggles, we can either ignore it or we push it under the rug or we say it's not a big deal or we just avoid the relationship altogether. But healing the relationship takes on purpose, intention, conversation, really, it takes pause, doesn't it? So how does somebody go about healing a relationship 
I, I guess the first thing is deciding that it's important enough to heal, huh? Yeah, that is a really good point because I think one of the first steps is awareness. And I think we're, it is my belief that we're living in a day and age that is so busy. We could literally spend our lives distracting ourselves. And I know that for many, many decades, I was guilty of this. And I think we can fall prey to our own addictions. And while, you know, I didn't have a severe drug or alcohol addiction in a way, you know, I did have other coping mechanisms, which were overworking, overexercising, you know, I had a prescription to Adderall, which basically completely numbs your emotions in a lot of ways. So, you know, those were kind of my tools to really prevent myself from really looking within. And this pause that you mentioned, I think is beautiful in many ways, if we're ready to do that work and ready to kind of look at some of the areas that we really want to heal and change, it does take slowing down. It takes awareness. It takes focused intention, you know, and it takes faith to open up to something that is possible that you, you know, don't know as a reality right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, at one point decide that the relationship is quote unquote worth healing, meaning it can be different. We don't want it to be hurtful uh, and it can be better. So there's a bit of hope that the relationship can be better. And then, as you said, opening ourselves up to that possibility and starting to navigate that. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because like sometimes our greatest, worst moments can lead to our biggest blessings. And I'm such a you know believer in that. I remember a moment when all this dark night of the soul was happening and I talked to my mom and I was telling her, like I confided in her about something and I was like, you know, sharing with her the story. And she was like, you know, there's some things that you really should talk to a therapist about. <laughs> Keep in mind, my mom is a therapist. And that was, <laughs> it was such a defining moment in our relationship. And I share that because it was a complete turning point for us and the way that we were able to relate to each other and really say, I want to navigate a new depth where we can share, where we can relate to one another, where we can really go deep. And so I really do believe that some of our most painful, awkward moments can lead to the most beautiful awakenings. Yeah. Oh, I love that because you're like, wait, no, I, I uh, sure I can talk to a therapist, but I also want to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, another thing you mentioned is authentic story. If somebody is here and they go, hmm, I don't know what that really means. How do I know if I'm being authentic? How do I know what my story is? Because at one point, your story was, I do want to be the youngest director. You know, that was your story at one point. And then that shifted. So how does, can you tell me a little bit about what authentic story means and how somebody really goes to find that? Mm, yes, that's such a good question. So, I mean, I really do believe that your pain is your purpose. So that's one aspect of it. But also, I believe we come into the world shining. I believe that we come in believing in magic and we see all magic all around us. You know, we have imaginary friends and we perform, we amaze ourselves, you know, but somewhere along the lines, 
we're taught that we're not good enough or that we're too much or we should just blend in. And I think we're conditioned to really believe that, you know, we need to kind of blend in or not stand out and a feat of shining. And your fear will to be a little bit more often for your letting fear get in the way. Oftentimes it's a few common fears that we all share, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of being rejected, a fear of being unworthy, a fear of being judged, right? Like we all can relate to those types of fears and look at what is like the overarching fear that maybe is holding you back or the one that most resonates to you. And then finding little ways to exercise that muscle each and every day. So a lot of times, like I work with women who maybe are afraid to fully show up on social media or, you know, do a video or, you know, speak on stage. And a lot of times it's looking at what is the fear that is holding you back and finding little ways to share yourself a little bit more, you know, whether it's in a social media post or in a blog or with a friend, you know, it's a muscle that we can exercise to allow ourselves to shine brighter each and every day. And then also I'm a really big believer in reference points too. So if there, you know, is something that you're afraid of, a lot of times it's because it's new, you know? And so we can go back to moments where we have had the courage to do something scary or overcome a big obstacle in our lives. This is very cool because I was thinking that you might say something like, you feel good, stay in your joy and that kind of stuff. But this is even bigger than that. It's it's being vulnerable and it's growing in your confidence enough to be vulnerable because you still may feel that fear. You still may be like, I'm scared to share this piece of me. But because you're owning it and you're stepping into that vulnerability, you grow in your confidence along the way. So I can see that you're like somebody owning themselves, meaning that they share their opinions or they have likes or dislikes or their needs or, you know, the things that come up for them and honoring them as being important rather than just saying, well, I'll default to what everybody else wants or says or needs. Mm, Exactly. You do really two cool things. You are helping people grow spiritually and growing their connection with themselves, but then you're also connecting it to building their business and building their brand and sharing their story to sell products and, you know, get their tribe on board and that kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about how it all works together. So my background is in creative strategy. And I think that is so important to have a strategy that connects the dots with your target audience who you want to connect with. But more and more over the years, I've come to learn that it kind of starts with a foundation of understanding who you are and how you want to share your magic with the world. And that's what I work with brands to do. And I work with people to do because it's essentially the same. You know, if we're following too much of a formula, if we're following too much of a strategy, it doesn't connect. It doesn't resonate in the same way as telling a story about what inspired you to start your own business or why you want to help somebody grow, you know, and then also understanding your audience at a very deep level. Oftentimes we don't take the time to really get inside of our audience's head and understand 
what is the transformation that you're going to be helping somebody with? In other words, like speaking to yourself before you had that transformation, understanding what are the pain points that they're going through? What do they really want to achieve? If you're working with women, you know, what does your program do, for example, you know, from point A to point B, understanding what you're going to be helping somebody with is really, really important to communicating and understanding what your audience's likes and dislikes are, you know, where they're hanging out, who they're inspired by, understanding them on an intimate level so that when you're communicating with them, whether it's email or whether it's your social media or whether it's your podcast, you're literally speaking directly to them. The more you understand yourself and why you created this business, started this business, the more you understand your your target client, the better your messaging and connection and then in turn sales will be, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can take that foundation and apply it to the strategy. Like we always go through a channel audit. We always go through understanding the website look and feel. And if your copy is like really resonating and speaking directly to... Because a lot of times with websites, like we'll make the mistake of talking about ourselves to kind of like show our credentials and, and check the box. But understanding that people only go to a website for themselves, right? To like figure out how is this website or this person going to help me with my problem. So really speaking directly to that person and their pain points is so important. So going through a full brand brand audit and a channel strategy, and then looking at collaboration is something that's really key that I have brought into the work that I'm doing in the world. And then also helping brands to really connect, whether it's through in-person events or through their, their marketing. Ooh, so collaboration, do you mean connecting with other people's audiences or even kind of like we're doing, having you on our podcast and then I'll be on yours in a few weeks and and connecting in that way? Yeah, I think it is all about collaboration. And it's so interesting because of the time that we're in right now in the world and in history, I think we're noticing that collaboration is more important than ever before. We've been ingrained with a survival of the fittest. And that happens at an early age. We've been taught like Darwin's theory of biological evolution. And that is seriously ingrained in us and this hierarchical structure and system and definitely, you know, felt that in, in social media, I mean, in um, corporate America, but now we actually see that in social media in a lot of ways that we're looking for likes or we're looking for, you know, to have the biggest audience, which I think is a false way that we're ingrained with this feeling of competition And now we're starting to realize and value more and more the importance of collaboration. I think it's really, really beautiful. And so, you know, from a marketing perspective, yes, podcasts, swaps and and all of those things. But also, um, you know, I've seen a lot of success with events and bringing a lot of brand partners on board, um, bringing sponsors on board, um, and really making it a win-win for everyone. A lot of times when people are starting out, figuring out how to do a big in-person event, it can be a big undertaking in terms of 
financial cost and resources. And if you've never planned an event before, there's a lot of logistics that go into that. And so I think where people go wrong is they try to do everything themselves. They try to promote it themselves. They try to do all the marketing themselves. And we're so much better off together and we can bring other people on board. So, you know, with collaborating with partnerships and having an event where you really create different speakers or you have a summit where you, for example, bring a bunch of women together to share what they're doing in their businesses and they can promote it to their audiences is a great way. So you're not doing all of that legwork by yourself. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So as we mentioned, are in the great pause, I'm calling it. <laughs> How have you felt a shift within your clients or have helped them pivot throughout this transition? I think sales can feel icky right now because people are being very financially mindful and conscious of where they're spending resources, which I think is important. I think we need to be about service more than ever before and really understanding what makes us individually come alive and how we want to share our gifts with the world. Because if we're doing something that we don't truly enjoy or that's not in full alignment, it's going to feel like work and that's going to come through in our offerings. And so this is the time when I feel like we should drop any offers that are like, yeah, this makes me money, but I don't really love it. You know, anything that is not a full hell yes, like let it go. And so that's one of the things I'm seeing people pivot is less is more. I don't need five offers. I might now, right now, maybe need two offers and they might need to be a little bit more sensitive to how people are consuming and spending money. So I might need to develop payment plans or I might need to extend my program because it's going to take a little bit longer to get that full transformation. Beautiful. Well, and I think that's why it's so helpful to have a coach and to have that community of people that you can brainstorm with, that you can ask what's working for you and what are you doing and that kind of thing. Because there's never been a time in history where we all are going through like a life change all at the same time. You know, it's not just real estate and it's not just this hurricane in this part of the world. And it's everyone at the same time. And so it's nice to have that community of support to all navigate it together. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, this time allows us to realize so much about ourselves if we allow the space and time to be able to do that and and to really look at um, where we're focusing our energy. So if somebody's listening today, And they are starting their new business, but they may find themselves caught in a bit of fear. Maybe they're watching the news too much, (laughs) or maybe they do have some financial strains themselves and they're a little bit nervous, or they have this block to reaching out to people right now because they're uncertain of the financial situation of others. Or what would you say to somebody who has a desire to grow their business, but they're a little bit locked in fear? You know, my personal journey is that the more inner work I've done, the more my business has grown and been successful. So it's kind of counterintuitive, like, oh, I don't have time for spiritual growth or meditating or hiring. You know, I don't have the money to hire a coach. But um, the reality is, any fear that we have is going to show up and manifest in our business. 
and it becomes a lot more apparent sometimes than when we're, you know, in in the working world. When we start the journey of entrepreneurship, a lot of those fears can really pop up. And especially right now, you know, right when when there's we're in a time that that can be very triggering. So one I would say like to deal with some of those fears is to strengthen your spiritual practice. You know, find ways to do the inner work, whether it's reading, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditating, whether it's finding a coach, whether it's, you know, listening to talks online, all those things really, really do help. And then reference points, like understanding that whoever you're looking up to online has felt fear and probably still feels fear. Like we're not immune to that in any way, shape or form. Like we've just found a way to push ourselves forward through the fire, through the fear. And so the more that you can exercise that muscle of stepping in to whatever it is you're afraid of, the more powerful you'll be and the more confidence you will have in yourself. And a lot of times I think fear has to do with a personal feeling. So in other words, like, for example, I might be afraid of reaching out to people in my business. And it might be because I personally feel rejected when they say no or they don't respond and separating from the personalization of that and saying, understanding I am still okay. I am still loved. I am still worthy because once we detach from the emotionality of it, we realize that like rejection cannot define us. Like saying no is not a bad thing. It just means no for right now. So we're able to look at our fear and redefine it in a new way. Awesome. Awesome. So two last questions for you. I know that you most likely, it sounds like over the last few years, obviously you've spent a lot of time working on yourself. And I often say it's really more about who you be than what you do, right? Because if you do before you be, then it doesn't work. (laughs) Meaning people will ask me all the time, tell me a script, give me a script. What do I say? And I'm like, it's less about the script and it's more about who you are when you send the script. So let's work on that. (laughs) Um, But I know you've learned from a lot of people in your last few years, and I'd love to hear about maybe some books you've read or podcasts you've listened to or things that you felt moved the needle for you. Mm, Yeah. I, I love podcasts. Um, I love books. My favorite author in the world is Penny Pierce. She's written 10 books on spiritual growth and intuition. Heather Ashamara is another inspiration. She's written The Warrior Goddess Way. Don Miguel Ruiz. I love your podcast. I love The Highest Self podcast. Um, That's one of my favorites. Uh, Your Own Magic is another really good one. So those are a few of my favorites. Awesome. Oh, and Joe Dispenza. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I read, I think I remember reading his his book and feeling like, ah, whoa, the whole time, like mind blown, you know, growing new brain cells. It's powerful. Yeah. Powerful work. Yeah, for sure. So we also know that in order to keep yourself motivated, of course, it's that strong personal vision of where you're going and what your next goal is and that kind of thing. But we need to do things every day in order to stay focused or in alignment. Otherwise, it can be easy to give up or move sideways or get distracted and all of those things. So what are a few things you do every day that you can't live without? So I usually am an early riser, but I haven't been waking up quite as early during this time. But usually waking up early, uh, meditating, journaling, reading, exercise 
is how I start my day every day. I have been historically much about productivity and making lists and, you know, kind of checking off all of the things that I need to get done and getting a lot of satisfaction with that. But actually my advice right now, one thing I want to add um, has to do with creativity. And it's interesting because I found myself being a lot less quote unquote productive, but a lot more creative and finding so much joy and also forward movement in my business from that. So it's kind of counterintuitive again, but it's like painting and art therapy and going for walks in nature has really sparked a new sense of creativity. I love that. It's true. I think when we feel there's so much that we unlock when we're out in on a nature trail or we're just taking a deep breath and looking at the blue sky and, and that kind of thing. And again, it's not something we often have time for. And in this great pause, we do. So let's take advantage of that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom, your heart. You can tell that you love to help people not just grow a business, but grow a business they love and grow a business that truly connects with them as like an extension of, of them and how they are impacting the world. And I love that the more that we know ourselves, the, it's kind of the foundation of the strategy then because our brand is an extension of that. So you actually are offering a free 40-minute consultation for our listeners. Can you tell a bit about that? Yeah. So we really do a deep dive into three areas, marketing, business, and mindset. And I really go through like I would do any brand or, you know, client that I'm working with is what your, you know, brand mission is, kind of your identity in terms of emotions and feelings and energy that you want to bring forward into the world where you're feeling blocked and then connect the dots from a business and marketing strategy perspective. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you so much. And you guys check out the link in the description box below, or you can go to I am Emily Harris, I am emilyharris.com. And I'm assuming on social media too, where is your favorite place to hang out? Yes. Instagram, Emily Ghosh Harris is my Instagram handle. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again uh, for your wisdom today. You guys check her out on social media and um, grab that free consultation if you're really wanting to dig deep and level up within your business. So have an amazing day, my friends. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.